Scott, real quick, uh, just want to let you know, uh, I'm not sure if we can uh, record the podcast next week. What? You're the one who always wants to do it every week. We got to keep this going. Yeah, I know, uh, but uh, my life is uh, about to get pretty busy kind of soon. I'm not going to be around to do the show probably for a few weeks. A few weeks? Neil, there's only a few weeks left in this season. Unless the Timberwolves make the playoffs, there might be not be a podcast to do in a few weeks. Are you heading out of town or something? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you could say that. Where are you going? Hyrule. Welcome to episode 44 of Wolves Cast, the podcast that loves West Coast road trips because it fits our bedtimes. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. And I'm Scott. Yeah, we stay up late, don't we? We do. We Every stay night. <laughs> and uh, 8 p.m. tip, no problem. 9 oh, p.m. tip, no problem. You know what? I'm always watching these games late anyways because, you know, my wife goes to bed at like 9, 10 at the latest. And so yeah. <laughs> usually she's like, let's watch something we can both watch until, yeah. and then that's fine. Yep. That's why I, I watch late at night. That's fine. I can watch at midnight after because I'm usually going to bed at like 2 a.m. or something. So I'm okay with these West Coast start times. They really work out for me. Love the road trip. Love I the don't West Coast spoil it. If I go to the gym at like 7, I don't spoil some of the game for myself. You know, yeah, exactly. you can't avoid it when you're at the gym. So I'm all about it. It's good to cheer for a team living in the central time zone, you know? Because when they go to the East Coast, it's not like you have to like, if you're on the West Coast and your team is in the East Coast, that means you have to like watch at like 3 p.m. in your work day, you know? And if you're your, a guy on the East Coast, if you're like a Knicks fan lives in New York, when your team is out on the West Coast, you got to stay up until like way late to watch that game. So yeah, that's... We kind of have the best of both worlds being right in the middle. That'd be messed up. Uh, yes, another week of Wolves basketball. Today on the show, we are going to recap the week of Timberwolves basketball. Uh, we have a sponsor. Uh, uh, we have a, a segment, Five Questions With. Our good friend uh, Steve McPherson. Ooh, uh, yes, former Wolves media member. He's on to something new these days. You can find out about that uh, when we when we talk to him later in the show. Uh, we're gonna have mailbag, uh, weekly Wolfies, and of course a game. All that and more happening right now on Wolves Cast. Let's switch it up. Let's go. Let's go for it. <laughs> Are you, so you're not getting yours at midnight, right? Uh, switch it up. No, no uh, no switch tonight for me, but there will be a Nintendo Switch heading my way in the next few days, probably early next week. We talked about this on the pods from like a Nebraska lumber company or something? Nebraska Furniture Mart. So yes, yeah, so I'm basically ordering it from like a regional Sears. Is sort of how I think it's going to go. So yeah, they they will be receiving their shi- their shipment of the switches uh, on Friday, and probably sending it to me after that. So uh, maybe next Monday or Tuesday, I'll have a switch and I'll be playing Zelda. At least it's portable; you can bring it with you. I can bring it wherever. Yes, um, you better leave it at home at the Timberwolves game we're going to go do Monday night. Yeah, I can bring it if I want and play during the timeouts. Just just shut you out. <laughs> I would recommend doing that. <laughs> no, 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 never a bad idea. Uh, let's talk about some Timberwolves games. We can talk about the last game we went to. Speaking oh, of going to Timberwolves Speaking games. of being at Target Center watching we, basketball. We were there for da- the Dallas game. Was yep. it last Sunday? Yeah, it was. And uh, it was great. 97-84 to 84 win. I'm now 8-2 and two on the season when I go to the Target Center. All right. It's pretty good numbers. Congrats. I'm just saying. Is it the socks or just you being there? Uh, probably both. I wore the socks. and uh, <laughs> The socks. Now I'm 100%. Uh, games uh, the Timberwolves are undefeated when I wear the Zach Levine socks. That's pretty cool. Shouts to Tap Boys. The dunk contest socks. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It was one of those games that was kind of weird because uh, the Dallas team had just traded um, for Nerlens Noel. So yeah. they didn't have Justin Anderson or Andrew Bogut, and they bought out Darren Williams, their starting point guard, earlier that day. So it was kind of like a this helter skelter crew out there but it was fun because we got to see uh you know seth curry go off seth curry had a great game uh harrison barnes was playing well they had uh yogi farrell up in there rook yeah yogi farrell in the house um but yeah carlisle's got his work cut out for him yeah that was uh that was a fun game to go to the wolves uh you know, played really good defense and kind of held Dallas down the entire time. They really, really weren't threatening uh, this game uh, for much of it. They, they made a little run in the fourth quarter, if I'm remembering right, to get a little bit closer. But they, it, was not, it was not to be for Dallas. They were too undermanned. Yep. Uh, but that's fine because when I go to a game, I want to see a victory. And that's right. 
What a victory we did. That's right. Um, okay, and the then the game uh, kind of went fast. There was like very few fouls. I remember like yeah, there was only one cherry berry opportunity. <laughs> Seth Curry at the line. Take He's not going to miss. No, nah, he got them both. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the um, home game that happened this week. And now, like we mentioned, they're on the they're on the road trip. Yeah, a long road trip. Out west. They're still on that road trip, but uh, they got things started um, uh, in Houston um, the other night. So. High scoring affair. Yes. You would think this might even be like a double overtime score or something. But <laughs> yeah, You look at the score, Wolves lose 130 to 142, and you're like, yeah, that thing went to two OTs, right? Right. Like, uh, but no, that's just a rocket score for you. <laughs> they are insane, especially with Lou Will and Eric Gordon coming off the bench Ooh. now. That team is nuts. I, I want to know who they are going to pick up, though, buyout candidates, right? Because yeah. they, they have the most... Uh, cap space, they can offer the most money to a buyout. Yeah, Bogut and Williams, uh, D. Went Williams to went to the Cavs, so who, then, I don't know who else is left. <laughs> and uh, the Brandon Jennings is with the Wizards. Oh, now, yeah, Jennings, so. yeah. I don't know. There, there might be some ones down the line. This was the highest scoring regulation game in Timberwolves franchise history 272 points. That comes to us from team statistician Paul Swanson. Swanee. Swanee. Thanks, Thanks Swanee. Uh, so, yeah, that was lots of points. All lots right, of threes happened in here. Uh, let's not get too stat heavy, but here's what I felt like. I like stats, stats. Stats of the game. Stats, stats. The story of the game yeah. told in two stats. Okay. Wolves three-pointers versus Rockets three-pointers. Cool. If I told you that the Wolves shot 35% and the Rockets shot 38%, you'd sounds be good. like, sounds good. I'll pretty take close. It. I'll you take know, it. They're I'll better take to shoot three-point yeah, shooting. I'll take it. We don't have that many shooters. Well, we made we went nine for 26, so we made nine three-pointers. Still quick, all right. Quick math. That's 27 points, Neil. All right. Off threes. All right. I hope I did that right or else I'm going to be <laughs> roasted. Yeah, I did. I did. The 27 points. Rockets, on the other hand, were 22 for 58. They, 58. 58. And the broadcasters were wondering if they were going to break 50. Yeah. They almost broke 60. I mean, that's their After, after that's the their little trade, uh, uh, must, no, yeah, Dan no Tony. Tony. Dan Tony. No longer looking like the Mike. Pringles can. Uh, silhouette, yeah. you know? <laughs> the Pringle man. Uh, he said he wants them to average 50 a game now. And, you know, uh, let's see, 22. I don't Man, I shouldn't do math. 66 points on yeah, three-pointers. They had great. 27. We had 27. They had 66. And what I, I always said last year, Neil, you can't win. When the other team makes more, 10 more threes <laughs> than you attempt. <laughs> yeah, than you attempt, for sure. Yeah, yeah and they made 13 more threes than us. So, wow. Uh, you just can't win like that. And also, it was a very sloppy game. We had 23 turnovers to their 13. Yeah. It wasn't even like, I mean, 13. We fell into the Rockets trap in that game. Tried to play their speed. Yeah. That kind of thing. And, um, you know, my takeaway from seeing all those turnovers is uh, I think we could be a team that causes that kind of chaos in, mm-hmm. in the future. Like, uh, Wiggins lately has uh, been getting better at doing the steals. You know, we know Dunn yes, can yes, do it. Yes. Uh, Tyus, basically the only way he can play defense is timing it right and gambling on those steals and poking it away and stuff. And so, and we know Ricky's always leading the league. So yeah. I could see us giving other teams fits like that in the future. But man, was it frustrating. There were so many turnovers. This, it was ridiculous. Well, and going back to that three-point number, that's sort of what the whole season was last year for the Wolves. Not even getting close to their opponents as far as attempts go, but this 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 season they're much better in three point attempts and 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 accuracy. But when you play the Rockets, you're gonna you're gonna feel you're gonna feel that the Rockets are trying to find the breaking point of this. You know, yeah, yeah, they're gonna keep going. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we've found the breaking point yet, but the Rockets are gonna be the first ones there. I can tell you. I mean, that's that's their blueprint for winning a title, really. I mean, if they're going to beat the Warriors, which seems silly and ridiculous, no one can beat the Warriors, but maybe they can with this sort of play. Yep. You know, this is the way they'll be able to do it, you know? They just got to get hot for, you know, three, ga- three four games, well, you know? Um, I thought one of the, like, something I don't want to get away from the Rockets game without talking about is a little uh, skirmish between Ricky and Patrick shove. Beverly. A little shove. Pitt Beverly. No love lost. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> we've seen uh, Patrick Beverly. He's a pit bull out there. You know? Yeah, he's injured Russell Rustbrook in the in the playoffs a couple most of years famously, ago. But he's gotten into scrums with everyone. He, when, he's on, oh, yeah. he, when he's on that court, he's kind of got that DeMarcus Cousins mentality, like, don't shake hands with him. I'm your enemy, you know? And yeah, uh, he's undersized. He's he's gritty. He's got he's got to do that. He got, got right in Ricky's face because he wants that thing where he, like it's so dumb. We talked about we've talked about this a lot. After where, the whistle, like, after the whistle, uh, like NBA egos being like, I want to hold the Give ball. The ball. I want 
hold the ball. And like, a foul's on you. I get the ball. Was it Roy Hibbert who fell to the ground with the guy he was tussling with the other year? He was just holding it because then neither guy would let go of it. And it just got ridiculous because Ricky is a guy who likes holding the ball. And uh, Patrick Beverly started taking swipes at him trying to get it. And then... very unprovoked, just shoved Ricky. Just a like, shove. Uh, open no hand. Tech, though, right? Right just, no, he got a tech. He got a tech, yeah. But didn't get thrown out or anything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jim, Jim Pete and Dave kind of felt like he should have been thrown out. Yeah, I don't know how you guys aggressive. feel. Yeah. Um, but I liked Ricky's reaction, too. He just kind of like rolled his eyes. It was a very like LeBron reaction to when yeah. someone tries to like get in LeBron's <laughs> head. He just rolls his eyes and kind of like Come keeps on. playing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Ricky was like, what's this guy's problem? But uh, I hope there's a gift of that somewhere. That's right. Uh, also, this game, it was uh, Clutch's birthday, uh, uh, Rocket's mascot. You know us. We love our mascot the angle. The mascot and, uh, beat. Yeah, watch it on Maybe League. that should be our segment next year on our pod who's yeah. like a mascot mascot, mascot report yeah. but yeah <laughs> mascot news welcome to mascot news 101 top of the hour we have our interview exclusive with benny the bull we're gonna find out about his childhood trauma that made him red in the face yeah so uh clutch's birthday these bear mascot for the rockets and uh watching on league pass i did see the crunch was there so indeed uh, Crunch and Clutch. They got close names. Yeah. Like one letter off or something, like um, two letters off. Clutch is a gem. He can't. He has come to several of uh, Crunch's birthday parties. So he owed him. I think he did. He owed him one. It's so funny because that bear drops his pants. It's such a, it's such a good it's bit. Funny bit. Funny bit. He's got like the hula hoop for a waist, you know? Yeah. All right. Let's keep it moving. We got two more games to talk about. Ooh, uh, another win. The Wolves continue. Well, the last one was a loss. Here's a loss. the second win of the week. That's right. At Sacramento. Uh, on Tuesday night Against or the, Monday night, I the new yeah. look Buddy Healed Sacramento Kings. That's right, Buddy Healed's Kings. He doesn't even start, but Buddy Healed's Kings. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wolves win one hundred and two to eighty eight. Uh, Scott, you have this down as the belly tieus game. Yes, I would say that's accurate. Belly probably with his best game of his career, maybe. I think. I I think yeah, I think probably. it's definitely in the. You probably. know, I think. I think it probably is. Yeah. And Tyus also had a great game. Yeah. Uh, got lots of run. Yeah. And uh, why not? I mean, th- th- these, this team that we're playing is obviously lacking anything close to an all star. Yeah. Know? And yeah, so yeah, like yeah. they kind of had like, and but you got to be careful because the team like this in the past would would beat us because we the would road. come in yep. cocky and stuff. Yep. And so shouts to the Timberwolves for not uh, you know coming in to sleep. I guess that's why Tyus and Belly maybe did so good because they know they need to get that burn. Yeah, um, Tyus is a great matchup uh, against Lawson. I think roughly about the same size. Uh, Ty Lawson, yeah, know? shorties, yeah, Smarties. shorties, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know, always good for Tyus. I like, I like seeing. Uh, sometimes when I'm watching Tyus, I can see like Ricky's his coach. You know, he pl- he practices against Ricky because I'm starting to see him have some Rickyish habits. You know, yeah, you could see that. I think uh, Jim P brought up like his headman pass, like the way he catches an out of bounds pass. Uh, and just just looks up and doesn't put it on the floor, but just throws it forward, like keeps the move, ball moving forward. And to me, that is something that Ricky has taught him. And uh, it was really fun too. Not only did Tyus play well, but Chris, I think Chris Tyus is together. an interesting combo. Them together is really cool. I mean, it solves the most obvious problem with Chris's game, which is that he's not a point guard right now. You Can't know? initiate offense. Yeah, he's just not good at running the offense. But yep. he's a good slasher, mm-hmm. uh, where he can just slash and get a cut, and you can hit him. Otherwise, you know he's. Is he usually spaces out the floor, even though he's not a great shooter. Yeah. And, uh, but letting him be off ball lets him just you know be so good on defense. He's such a good defensive guard. Yeah, and you at least for... like to see it. You like to see, okay, maybe Tyus, or excuse me, maybe Chris Dunn isn't ready for point guard duties right now. What can you do off the ball on both sides of the court? So it's right. good just to get a look at it, even if it's not like Sterling right now. And also, it's one of those things where everyone's like, well, is, does this mean Tyus can be the starting guard of the future? Does this mean Dunn can be the starting guard of the future? What does it mean for the guard of the future? It's just like... At the very least, what I like is that we're seeing some small ball rotations yep. that are a lot of fun with the Wolves. I mean, maybe it's we're just in a part of our schedule right now where we're matching up against small ball, but like I haven't seen Cole Aldridge in weeks. It feels <laughs> like, you know, I've seen him a little bit, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't get any burn anymore. And it feels like we're relying a lot more on these small lineups with like having Tyus and Dunn and like Wiggins and like Shabazz out there at a time or something like that. And I really. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun to watch. The offense has been popping off when we were going to those small ball lineups, and so in in those lineups where you, you know you can pair Tyus against another small defender, someone who's not going to just completely eat his lunch, you know. Yeah, like you said, Lawson definitely a good matchup for Tyus in the game. But uh, let's quickly talk about Bielitsa. Uh Like we said, it's probably his best game mm-hmm. of the season. 
playing defense. That's why I'm that's what I'm most excited about with with Bielitsa right now. He is very active. He's moving his feet. It seems like he can stay with different players of different sizes, which is surprising. Like it sort of seemed like his defensive uh skills were limited, but this week he's played really well guarding the guys on the perimeter and in the post. So I, I like to see that from Bielitsa. What did you like from from Belly? Uh, you know, in the Sacramento game, but also in the Utah game as well. Both these games were great for Bielitsa. I think he's starting to find his three-point shot a little bit, um, which is something he kind of lost after starting the season okay. And then yeah. I think it opened up his game because he started driving to the rim and passing out and when people would, you know, he opened up this drive and kick game for him that I thought it was help. When, once he got cold from three, he did this other thing well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which he, is good. And he can do it. He can handle the ball. I think it gave him a little confidence, too. And yeah. uh, so it's good to see the three point shot is coming back and uh, he's getting rebounds. Just like the effort, just to have him like try and jump and get one of those big back taps. He had a couple of those Tyson Chan on their back swing taps. Swing his arm. Yeah. And uh, swing. That's the kind of hustle you want to see out of him, you know? And it's. It's one of those things where you wonder where is his hustle all the other times, but it's great to see it out of him. We've seen flashes of brilliance from Bielitsa before in the past. Let's see if he can have a good stretch to end the season, maybe, because you know we've seen this guy have good good stretches and then regress. So it's really fun to see, though. I, I, you know we're both big belly fans Love around it. here. Definitely want to see him succeed. Scott, uh, something has been a pet peeve of yours in the past. The Kings have the gold patch on the back of their neck. Oh, oh no. This is the worst oh, one because no. earlier in the season I was complaining about the Hawks. We have yeah. one from when they were the St. Louis, Louis Hawks. Yeah, uh, St. Louis, whatever. Yeah, I got the facts to back this. Okay, last year Chicago had over three hundred caskets. Man, kill no. Okay. Um, so they have a the Hawks wear one for the nineteen fifty eight St. Louis Hawks. All right, not in your city. I think that's pretty lame, especially when it's that long ago, nineteen fifty eight. Hey, the Kings have one for the nineteen fifty one Rochester Royals. All right. Rochester Royals. It's not even the Kings' name anymore. You know, 1951 Rochester. It's on the other side of the country, and this franchise has the audacity to wear a championship thing on the back of their neck. Uh-huh. That means the Wolves could have five trophies from the Lakers' days, roughly the same years. You know, those are 50s basketball days. You know, I hate OKC, but the one thing I respect about that franchise is that they don't wear one for the Sonics trophy on the back yeah, of their neck. Yeah. You know, respect to them. They know they got to earn it. And so I just think it's silly. It's a pet peeve of mine. And uh, you I like know. it. <laughs> yeah, very good. That's a good. Well, I hit the buzzer. Let's see. Um, I got Go. this one. Go! Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Yes, good to see the Wolves win in Sacramento. Let's oh, quick talk. Also, about a shout out for the Canes game. Dirk is uh, Towns is starting to unleash his Dirk shot. Yeah, and Jim Pete has said like you'll see Towns working on stuff in practice that he, he won't bring into a game till he's ready to. Yeah, and he's like we've been watching him work on that Dirk shot, and it's fun to see him hit like two or three in that game. You know, yeah, he took yeah. a few of them and he hit them. So that'd just be another weapon in the arsenal. Yeah, totally. This is kind of the team I want to see all the time: great energy, great offensive rebounding, and forcing turnovers. It's like once again, you know, why can't we play like this all the time, Neil? Well, we should. <laughs> we should. We should play like that all the time. Okay, and then um, Wednesday night. Uh, Wolves had their third win of the week. Against Utah Jazz. Uh, yeah, against the Jazz, which is uh, surprising. They're a very good team, very good defensive team. Oh, man, did they uh, land Wolves win uh, 107-80 to 80 in that game. And, yeah, the Wolves probably had their best defensive game of the season. They were energetic and disruptive the whole way through. I, I kept, it was funny, in the notes in this game, I kept writing, like, Best quarter of defense this season. Yeah. Best half of defense this season. It was like, all right, they finished it out. Yeah, at the end of the game, game, lowest scoring for a Wolves opponent for the season. Going whole game on that. Uh, Something that, you know, it's weird to see on other screens because I've lived through this back when fans used to care about the Timberwolves enough to not just be apathetic. (laughs) But people, fans booing their team at the end of the third. Utah fans booing their playoff team. Wolves are up by like 28 at the end of the third. And the Utah Jazz fans are booing. They're like, aren't they the fourth seed in the West right now? Yeah, they're way up there. Like one of the best jazz seasons, like since Stockton Malone, oh, and they're, no. gonna, they're gonna go like that. Okay, yeah. okay, I see you, Utah fans. It's ugly in that place. Yeah. Uh, so Salt Lake City, uh, there you go. Yeah, it was great to see the Wolves play well. Bell, like we said, Belly had another great game. Uh, you know, Towns and Wiggins. You know, again, just 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 just, just taking over all the slack left by Zach Levine and just taking like, up all the scoring and rebounding. Crazy. Is this a Timberwolves fan thing or like a Minnesota? sports fan thing or maybe i have the worst of both worlds minnesota sports fan and northwestern sports fan <laughs> but i just felt like you know we'll hold them to 16 points in the first quarter and i'm like it's gonna stink in the third like i know they're gonna 
to go on their run. And then after the second, we're up big. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to hurt even more when they, they come back. I was just waiting for that other shoe to drop all game. It wasn't until that, like the fourth where I was like, okay, we're, uh, they're not coming back in this. I have that, that note, too. I wrote, this wolf season has made me nervous about a loss when up 26 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like, exactly. The beginning I mean, of this season made you believe that any lead was never safe. Maybe that's like, just like a smart thing to believe, you know? Yeah, but, uh, yeah that's true. In the NBA, yeah. in the NBA, hey, and when you're the underdog against a playoff team that plays great defense, they can turn on any moment. It's so. a difference, though. I think I think a lot of people know that anything is possible, no yep. lead is safe, but we expect the bad thing to happen. Uh-huh. We're, 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 it's we're, coming. We're like, it's no, coming. Uh, just wait. Just it's wait. Coming. Yep. Uh, wonderful. Anything else about Utah before we move on, Scott? Uh, there's so much good stuff about Utah, um, but we'll save it for another time. Yeah, good game. Definitely, a, definitely. Oh, a I was gonna say game. the Utah Jazz—they stole their name from New Orleans. It's weird, weird fit. The Jazz, in, yeah, in Salt Lake City, not Makes really, no sense. not really a state known for its jazz. Yeah. So I was like, what would be the equivalent of Minnesota? What would our like? If like the heat moved here, then we could be the Minnesota Heat, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a great one. Or the Thunders, or they like, yeah, right. The, would would make no sense at all. Uh, oh, man, maybe uh, you can hit us up at Twitter at Wolvescast. Let us know what you think would be yeah. some really weird names like uh, the Minnesota non-passive aggressive people, <laughs> something like that. Something like that. All right, let's get to our sponsor today. Oh. Time to pay some bills. Today's sponsor. Today's sponsor uh, here at Wolf's Cast is Boz's Bands. That's right. It is a headband business that uh, Shabazz Muhammad has gotten in, gotten himself into. You might have noticed he wore a few headbands this week just to get the interest in the company. That's a, a little viral marketing. Yeah. Or what do you, he has the, you know, he wears it for a couple games, gets people talking about it. A little product placement Bumps in the game. Bumps up those search results. Yeah, yeah. He's out here wearing the headband now. I mean, he got rid of it in the Utah Jazz game this week, so... He's in between the headband right now. I don't know what's going on. I heard he just sold out because the store's stock has been in such high demand. Yeah. So hopefully by the time you check it out, they will be back in stock (laughs) because we've got a great promo code for you. Yeah. These headbands, uh, just as you can expect from Shabazz Muhammad, very inconsistent in quality. I mean, some of them are great, and sometimes just you felt like they were made with no energy. You never know what you're going to get. But uh, listen, if you have a bad haircut, if you have receding hairline or maybe an unsightly forehead blemish, uh, if you need to cover up something on your head, Boz's Bands is where you need to turn. Okay, everybody? They're wonderful headbands. Sometimes sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're really bad. Uh, but uh, they're specially equipped to handle uh, gritty rebounds and uh, seemingly out-of-control drives to the basket. They're perfect for those scenarios. And I like can, any true fashion... It comes in limited quantities. Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, there's only... Because Shabazz only cares about sharing with you guys sometimes. He only makes a headband for every assist he records in an ah, NBA game. I see, I see. Yeah, he yeah. had one the other game. He had one the, He had one this week. So that means one more web, uh, one more in the web store. There you go. You got one more. One, one more of you can purchase that. Um, I don't understand how this works, but uh, this headband only fits left-handers. Lefties out there, this is for you. If you uh, write or shoot right-handed, uh, you need not buy this because it won't fit your head. That's all there is. Won't that, won't that make people guard me better on the court, <laughs> you think? No. Everybody no. knows NBA defenders always forget about lefties. That's right. You, you will forget about that. So, yeah, make sure you head to the website, bazbands, B-A-Z-Z, bands.com, and enter code RFA at checkout for free shipping. Reminder, when purchasing Boz's bands online, please provide multiple forms of identification to verify your actual age. So go check out Boz's bands. Thank you so much for Boz's bands for their support of Wolf's Cast. Up next, five questions with Steve McPherson. Today on the show, we have five questions with Steve McPherson. He's in studio right now with us. Steve, welcome to the Wolfscast studio. Thank you. It's it's uh, luscious and uh, finely 
uh, wrought. Uh, the decorations are immaculate. I love it. Thank you for those uh, amazing words right there. Steve is a writer. He is a guitarist. Um, he's a dad. He's a father. You know, I do a lot of things. He's doing all those things. He's a Wolves fan. Um, <laughs> he uh, still writes about the NBA occasionally um, for places like Rolling Stone and others. He recently got out of the covering the Wolves game. Um, he was covering the Wolves for A Wolf Among Wolves um, and fifteen hundred ESPN. And now he took a job uh, with uh, with Minnesota United FC, uh, the expansion MLS uh, soccer team in town. Um, he's doing copywriting, still writing over there. Steve, uh, welcome to the show. You doing okay tonight? I'm doing great. It's, yeah. a, it's a perfect night. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a lovely Tuesday. It's hard to keep track of the day. Full-time job, I'm just like, is it Friday yet? <laughs> I'm just waiting for that now. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks for being here with us. We have five questions for you. Question number one, um, you have a new album. Your band, Catfish Blue, um, just put out its uh, first album in over 15 years. Uh, uh, tell, tell the folks here listening to the show, what is Catfish Blue, and um, how did you decide to make an album after such a long time off? 15 years between albums, that is pretty rare. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel like it's less rare now. I feel like bands yeah. a lot more are getting back together. There's less of the we're breaking up and never getting back together. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's, it's like open-ended hiatuses now. A so. breakup, yeah, it's just more of a, just for now. Yeah, exactly. Just for now. Which I'm for. So so Cabbage Blue is the first band I was ever in. Uh, I formed it in high school with my friend Todd uh, Steneford. And uh, we started playing guitar together he could sing and so it was like an acoustic duo for a while until my brother joined sean mcpherson on bass he switched to bass actually from guitar to join the band whoa so i'm responsible for making him a bass that was his first bass band that was his first bass band yeah he played guitar before that so so he and the drummer from his old band came over to our band and uh we were in a band together for probably about five four or five years i think and then he left cabbage blue to the cabbage blue was like east coast based because i grew up in massachusetts okay and sean had come came back to minnesota to be in high respects full time and um and we continued on we got a, a new bassist we had him for about a year or two okay and then he left uh, not of his own <laughs> volition. Uh, love, Get out of here. Love you, Ryan. Uh, anyways, so he, so, and then we had kind of trouble putting another basis together, like for the band, like we couldn't find anybody. And, uh, a lot of other like life stuff was going on. Like I was in a relationship that ended and uh-huh. the band was kind of falling apart. So, so I left the East coast and I came to Minnesota in 2004. Uh, and then I, you know, I started, I did music stuff here and sort of, didn't ever forget about Catfish Blue, but we weren't a going concern, basically. Um, and then we started doing reunion shows. About five years after I moved here, we got back together and played some shows, and it was super fun. But after we did that for a couple of years on Thanksgiving, it was like, what's the what's the upshot of this? Like, do we go anywhere with this, or yeah. what are we doing? So, we, And then people started having kids. I started having kids. The singer had, had a daughter as well. And uh, we put it on hold again, but we kept talking about, like, let's make a record, because we had a bunch of songs that never got done. Uh, when we were together, it was like the la- songs from the last two years of the band, and we thought it would just be fun, you know. So, like, my brother-in-law runs a recording studio here, uh, so we went into the studio and laid the stuff down, and it's just—it's really fun to, for me to be able to listen to it, to hear these songs that I only had like live yeah. recordings of or bad demo—not even bad. Some of them I like, but they're demos, you know. Yeah. So I thought it'd be fun to put together this project. It's kind of fun to work on an artistic project, and without really any concern of like. How do we make money on this? It's just, here's this project that we're going to put out in the world. And, you know, I think some people have heard it and like it, and that's fine with me. I don't, you know, it's nice to have. So I don't have high expectations for it or anything. We kind of want to keep it going. Uh, we'll probably go back out to Massachusetts to play some shows nice. with this record now that we have this uh, and, and we can sell it. Otherwise, we were just selling like our, you know, Older, 10, 10, 10 year old <laughs> albums or something like that. So. And tell me again, what's the name of the record? Uh, Sky Grows Light. Sky Grows Light. That's the name it's of the record. It's on iTunes and Bandcamp. And, you, can you can go on Spotify. It. It's like yeah. you don't have to pay anything. So. Yeah. Well, you know, most people know you from basketball. I mean, obviously, the people listening to the show, basketball fans, stuff like that. But I don't know that people know that you're you're a guitarist. You're in a band. You just put out an album. Like, yeah. go check it out. You yeah, know? totally. Go I check try, out the Catfish Blue record. I try to tweet about it yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, like, just to just to keep it going. And it's, you know, it's about, it's on my pinned tweet, I think, yes. right? or something like that. So. Yeah. So hopefully people go and check, go it, check out. it out. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, and as we said uh, in the intro, you used to write about the Wolves, but now you write about soccer. Your new job is with the MLS expansion team, Minnesota United FC. 
Uh, what can people expect uh, when they go to a game this summer? Why should you go to a game this summer? Like, pitch us on the soccer slash MLS experience. What's going to happen this summer and and spring? The first match is this weekend, right? This well, Friday, it's Mar- March third. Yeah, the first away matches in, yeah. uh, in Portland, and then the Season home opener is March twelfth. So. Wow. Yeah, it's coming. So. Yeah. So why should people go? Why why should people go check out the team? Well, soccer was always kind of my second sport to basketball. Like mm-hmm. when I got into writing about basketball, they were fairly close uh and then i just didn't i didn't follow soccer as much because i was so engrossed with basketball but um i've always liked soccer as a game i think it's a great experience live um you know it's going to be in tcf bank stadium uh which is going to be a lot of fun uh it's it's a good large stadium i know um that you know like we're gonna have a lot of people for that first match Uh um it's I kind of feel like I was having this conversation with uh, with my boss, John, about yeah. watching soccer. And it's a lot closer to like baseball than you would think. Because huh. um, I was sort of talking about the game itself. And I was like, you know, it has this kind of like sort of this title feeling. Like uh-huh. stuff builds up and then it, it sort of either results in something or it sort of breaks Passes. up and goes the yeah. other way. And like baseball does that stepwise, you know. Soccer does it in a kind of more kinetic, constant way. But you can kind of just go and, and chill out, you know. Like I think there's, I think the supporter section is a lot of fun. There's a really robust dark clouds, dark right? clouds, and true yeah. north elite. Um, <laughs> Are they separate? There's two, there's two fan there's two sections. Now. I yeah, didn't know that. yeah. Right. Well, they're sort of me- meshed together. Okay. But dark clouds is the older one. True north elite is is more recent. But they have the tifo, which is a thing I just learned about, which is the, like the the big banners and things like that. So they'll have like Incredible. flares and like all kinds. Yeah. Like horns stuff. and stuff, yeah. they have like trumpets and yeah, like <laughs> totally. They go nuts. So it's so that so that vibe is a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's a lot different than a lot of other sports. There's less of that like, oh, it's a break. Bring out the dancers. Yeah. Like, let's play some music. It's it's oh, kind it's of nonstop constant. action. Yeah, exactly. Forty five so, minutes and then a break and then forty five. Forty five. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm learning a lot watching now. You know, like I'm watching a lot more soccer and yeah. and learning a lot about the players. The players are really fun. Um, the guys are great. The the players are awesome. I was at practice today and uh they're fun uh funny good guys so uh, i bet <laughs> they're fun to hang around with soccer players are cool so nice well good go check out a game how many are there how many home games will there be like this, this 17 summer? 17 all right There's you got 17 chances to go check it out yeah 34 <laughs> matches in a season so 17 home games and they're mostly taking place at us bank uh they're all, they're at they're at uh tcf oh sorry uh, on the year, tcf so. yes, yes yeah so all the home games are going to be at tcf bank great um outdoor just go chill in the outdoor, sun <laughs> exactly maybe march 12th i don't know i think the weather hopefully will be good for us yeah but, uh but yeah there's some there's some longer home stands later on in the in the in the summer i think there's like maybe six weeks where they play every match nice. they play about one match a week okay um so you know low, low commitment you're not <laughs> yeah 17 games you know season tickets still <laughs> you available, can do it people so. go check it out uh all right question Number three uh, in our five questions with Steve McPherson here on Wolf's Cast. What, in, in what ways is the game of soccer similar to basketball? We have lots of, obviously, basketball fans. If you're listening to the show, you're a Wolves fan. You like the NBA primarily. Can you compare and contrast the game of soccer to the game of basketball? Well, the field is much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. It's huge. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think some of the principles, I mean, because of that, again, there's that, I said how it's sort of similar to baseball in some ways, but it is a kinetic game that happens in real time. And so that is a lot like basketball. There's mm-hmm. less, there's fewer scoring chances. Um, but that principle of sort of like how you open up space is something that they have in common in a lot of ways. You know, like if you think about strategies in basketball that have to do with, you know, overloading one side or cutting, you know, yeah, exactly. Like forcing a team into making a decision. There's a lot of that. Uh, Like I think a lot of, when I think a lot about basketball strategy, what you want, you're never going to really surprise another team in in a lot of ways. What you want is for them to have to keep making decisions Uh until they have, they make a mistake or they have to make a decision between two bad choices. Right. Yeah. 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 And soccer is a lot of the same thing because a lot of it is sort of, you know, trying to control the ball. And once you've got that control, moving guys in such a way that you force defenders to make a bad decision that opens up a lane for somebody to get out, uh, you know, and, and, and get on goal. Uh, it also has a lot of fun, sort of the equivalent of the fast break when you have, you know, like yeah. a counterattack. So if somebody gives it up, then suddenly it opens up these great, you know, these great chances for amazing goals. So it also has some of that. It has some of that wow factor that that like in terms of great goals are a lot like good dunks or things yeah. like that, because like like I remember watching Sports Center and I watched baseball and it was like. 
top 10 plays like here's a home run i'm like every home run looks exactly the same like there's like it goes up it goes really far like that's that's what you get but you know if you like i think i retweeted a a couple days ago like the mls had put out like a best goals reel some of them are just like those really long strikes like where you get the the keepers out too far and a guy hits it from nearly like the like like midfield (laughs) and it's the the keeper's trying to get back but it goes over his head and goes in or you know like diving headers or bicycle kicks like all that stuff is really fun so um it's also really good live in a way that like on tv you can see the tactics and you can sort of see how the field opens up but you miss some of the micro things and so when you get to see it live i think you get to see a little more of that player on player action and you can see how physical the game is and how hard those guys work so it's a good live experience which is also true of basketball yeah um you know there's a lot i'm not gonna say it's like jazz i think that doesn't basketball is more jazz i don't know what soccer is yet i'm still trying to figure that one out. yeah i don't know what musical you need 11 guys it makes like big band i don't know so you're the whole horn section the the positionality is also interesting too okay i'm I'm getting more familiar with in, in in soccer because there's obviously different positions on the field but then there's this thing with numbers like a number 10 which is sort of you know, Pele like a jersey number. number 10. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Number, number Messi 10 is too, Pele, right? 10? Messi. Yeah. It's sort of like a playmaking midfielder who can, you know, they can either create for other people or they can oh, attack. But then there's like other numbers that mean things. Like a nine is like a striker of a, a certain kind of striker. I feel like that's a football thing, right? That's like a, a yeah. Or it, it's like receivers have these numbers right, and right. like quarterbacks have the low numbers. Yeah. yeah. Although there's sort of like a cultural thing about it with soccer, yeah. which is interesting that there's like, I think the number 10 is like, you aspire to be a 10, you oh. know, like that's like, this is like, these are the greatest players were 10s, Maradona and people like that. Yeah. But then there's like six and eight also have meanings, you know, like different kinds of midfielders or like yeah. deep line defenders and things like that. So um, there's a lot of fun little lore and culture that goes into soccer, which is fun to be learning about. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, let's move on some some more basketball stuff here. Question four, moved on Timberwolves action. What has surprised you most about the Timberwolves this season? Lots of hype coming into the year. They had that really rough start, 6-18. and 18. Um, But just overall, as you look at what's happened so far, I think we're about 60-ish games into the season or so. So far, what has surprised you? We had lots of ideas about what this season would be. What what is what has kind of been like? Whoa, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't been so much surprised by you know the record. I mean, right. I was a little disappointed that they weren't further along, yeah. and I think a lot of people were. I think Tibbs probably was, but I think he was probably prepared yeah. uh, for that. I think that there was. I think a lot of people overestimated how much of a win now coach. He was going to be, I think, totally, you know, like people were like, oh, he's going to want to win right away. And then he'd say, well, let's just let's just see what happens. Close the process. We got to close the gap. It's a step by step thing. And then they start losing. He's like, well, he's going to panic and trade. And he's like, well, we got to close the gap. We got like he's been pretty even keeled about it the whole time. Like they haven't been. He's conservative. There weren't panic trades at the at the trade deadline or anything like that. Um, So, like, I haven't there's not a ton that surprised me about the results that we've seen. Um, I've been a little bit surprised that. Like on a, a very small way, like that Bielitsa didn't step up more early mm. on. He's been good recently. Uh, he had a great game uh, the other night. But, yeah. Um, but I sort of thought that maybe he was going to quickly become a starting power forward. Yeah, in his if, second if, year. After yeah, figuring like, it out, after going through the grind of yeah, the first year. Yeah. I got a little concerned that we were looking at like Alexi Shved 2.0 here. That's, um, the, that's, the, that's the comparison for yeah, sure. I know. Power um, forward version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I've been a little heartened by stuff more recently. Yep. I was also really down on Shabazz for mm-hmm. a long time. And then he's sort of come around a lot. Um, the bench is just just terrible in the first two months of yeah, the season. Yeah. So so any kind of improvement has been has been big. Um, I you know I, for how much you know like I think I predicted something like thirty five wins somewhere in that area, yep. and I think that still, still feasible. Possible. You know, yeah, so, still possible. So like I like and if they fall a little bit short of that, they're behind the curve. But I didn't think it was a reason to panic necessarily. I didn't expect them to move Rubio. I figured mm-hmm. that unless there was some kind of perfect deal. I think what we're seeing is that Tibbs is really like, sure, we're going to put out feelers and there's going to be rumors and we're going to see what those rumors bring back. Yeah. But basically, unless it's exactly the deal, he's not going to jump on anything because he's got this young core and, and they're going to be here for a while. So Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that a lot of people had that same vibe about Thibodeau just because he had so much success everywhere else he had been, you know, especially in Chicago the last bunch of years, like – 
he had done all those great things. So you thought he's not going to put up for being in the lottery. Like he's going to do whatever it takes to be in the playoffs. Yeah. But I guess what we didn't think about was guys got a five year contract. Like, yeah, he's good. Like he's got the long view. I mean, I, I guess in the thing, NBA, so. it's a, you know, hired to get fired mentality. Like, Hey, what we're, we're you looking over your shoulder. So maybe, you know, p- people think, well, he can get fired before the end of that deal, but I don't think it's going to happen with Thibodeau and Layden together. Like, I think yeah. they're going to be able to have five total years to figure this out. And so it makes sense that things would maybe start slowly and that would be okay. <laughs> yeah. I was, have you listened to the breakaway podcast at all? Rob yeah. Mar- yeah. Oh, listen to the so first good. one, with ro- uh, the role player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just listened to the second one, which is about Mike D'Antoni and okay. his system. And he talks it's about, about SI podcast with Rob Mahoney yeah. called breakaway. You should definitely go check it out. I'm it's so, I'm so, I'm so happy for Rob. Like he's a great writer and he's been, mm. you know, I've known him for a long time. Okay. And this is really great. It's great stuff. So, so the second one is about Mike D'Antoni and about his sort of his system. system yeah. Right. And a lot of it is about his belief in it. And he's like, you know, what you sort of get reading between the lines is like, maybe I believe this is going to work. Maybe it's not going to work, but I'd rather go down believing in something than just trying to like fake it or make wins happen without an understanding. And I sort of think that's how Thibodeau is also. I mean, I think it's not. Maybe what he believes in is not as easily defined as D'Antoni because it's so clearly about the yeah, three-point shot stark. and things like that. <laughs> but, you know, like I think Thibodeau is like, I have a way I want to build this team. He's got a plan. Like, if it doesn't work right now, I'm not going to give it up just because I'm unhappy and I think that – Because we're 6 and 18. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, I have to stick – I'd rather go down believing in something than, than stay afloat. You know, and 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 not be not be doing what I really want to do with this team. So that's I, honorable. I, resp- I respect that. Yeah, that's totally cool. All right, final question here. Question five for you. It's the question we finish out every segment of five questions with. Uh, are the Wolves going to be okay? You've been a Wolves fan for like ten years now. At least, yeah, yeah. More than that. I mean, I was really a Wolves fan before I moved here. Yeah. So I was sort of, I sort of got closer to it as you covered as them I, as I as I got into it. So. Yeah. So you know the history. Oh, you yeah. know, you know, you know what's at stake. You know how long it's been. Are the Wolves going to be okay? Some people are pessimists about that. Like, nah, they got the you know, it's never going to be good. We got a curse on us, whatever. And some people are more more optimistic about such a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to be okay. Um, I have a lot more optimism now than I, I think I have at any point when I was I've been covering them, and at least as much as I as I've had at any point mm. um, leading up to them. I mean, maybe not as much as say like oh three oh four. Yeah, maybe that was the peak of, of optimism. But <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not like, there yet. <laughs> you know, like I think I really started at being a Wolves fan in about two thousand. So, um, so you know, at any point leading up to that, finally them getting into the the, the Western Conference Finals. I think I, I think this is more optimistic than I've been. I mean, I think that it's impossible to say what can happen. You know, obviously Zach Levine's injury is an indicator of you know you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But um, but I wouldn't even necessarily view Levine's injury as like some horrible problem in a lot of ways right. because you know what you're seeing is like they're playing Wiggins more at the two. Uh, I think it's going to give them a chance to evaluate that situation and decide like you know, is Levine better off the bench? Um, he's probably going to come back off the bench when yep. he eventually comes back. Yep. So, um, you know, like you, you got to deal with the game that happens, mm. you know, like it's, it's fine that you, you want to have a good plan, but I think, you know, like you hear Popovich talk about this all the time, that it's like, it's not like you, you make this plan and then you execute that plan. It's like, you know, the game and then you respond to what it gives you. Yeah. And that's, I think that the wolves are well positioned to, to act that way um, with their team, which is, I think a way that they weren't when it was like, if you look at the Rubio love Peck situation, which was also very good. Yeah, um, Adelman. Yeah. yeah. And Adelman, you yeah. know, like, it was great, but it needed everything to sort of go a certain way for that to really work. It was a small window. Too. Yeah, yeah. It was a small window, and at like we, you know, you didn't know what was gonna. You, we didn't know how rough Peck's career was gonna sort of end, essentially. Yeah. But like, you know, they sort of needed everything to work in a certain way for that to work out. That I think you've got guys with Towns and Levine and Wiggins who are much more flexible in how they can be good. Um, they need to learn how to be good together and how to be flexible together. But I, you know, I sort of have faith in it. I'm sort of working my way back into Wolves fandom rather than Wolves coverage. Yeah. You don't have a credential anymore. No, you got to pay for those seats. It's a little bit. Yeah. It's a little, (laughs) it's a little tough to sort of drop that mindset. Totally. I bet. But, uh, you know, like I'm trying to let myself be a little more happy Mm. and also a little more mad. (laughs) 
There you go. <laughs> Have some of that rage boil up. Yeah, you know, it's like, but I got really good at shutting it off for yeah. a long time. Like, just be Being like, fair. analytically, yeah. kind of like, all right, yeah. well, this is how it is. But, I mean, I'm still optimistic overall. Yeah. And and even if they suffer, I still like following it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing is that, like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't totally. believe that. Just, just love the, the NBA process. or yeah, basketball. Exa- exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I... I would have gotten out long ago. I think a lot of Wolves fans should have gotten out long ago. Like anytime somebody's complaining about how bad they are, I'm like, you don't have to be here. Yeah. Like, you can go home and Just like winning, <laughs> there's lots of other things to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I feel like there's a ground floor thing. And I think that Wolves fans like that. Yep. Even if they are frustrated when it do- the elevator doesn't go up, they like <laughs> being here for the beginning. Yeah. Which is another good reason for Minnesota United, I think, right there now. There you because go. Because you're, you're at the start. Yeah. You can the be like, of the I, MLS. Was at, I, was in that, I was at that first home opener on March 12th, right? <laughs> I was here before their shiny new stadium on uh, on ninety four, which looks there. really cool. I can't wait. I walk, by, I walk by the design. That's gonna be every the day. true. Like I think lots of people are come out for that. That's yeah, gonna be dope. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's gonna be like waves of sort of yes. of sort of growth. You yes. know, with the team. So totally. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's I. We got a lot of scarves. We got a lot of fun stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of good merch. So, oh you know. yeah, they got the kits unveiled. It's beautiful, um, wonderful. Steve, where can people follow you online on Twitter? Uh, yeah, Steve Venturus is Steve Venturus. You might have to so. spell that. Uh, it's like it's like adventurous, but with Steve. Okay, movie. okay, cool. Most Steve people probably follow you anyway. <laughs> so Hopefully. follow you there. Uh, check out the Catfish Blue record. You can find that on Bandcamp or wherever you stream music. Yeah, it's catfishblue.bandcamp.com. Wonderful. And then also go to a game. Go to a go to the Minnesota United game. MNUFC.com. Uh, That's their website. There so. you go. Get some tickets. Go to a game this spring, this summer. Sit out in the sun at U at uh, TCF. TCF Bank Stadium. Steve, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Up next, time for mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called Mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters. Send us your messages. Send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. All right, we're mailbag. Just want to go full disclosure in terms of journalistic standards and ethics. Uh, Conflict of interest. Steve's brother, Sean, technically is my employer at Trivia Mafia. Cuts you checks. Yep. Uh, uh, (laughs) I provide a service for him, which is hosting trivia every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. at Darby's. All right, Trivia Mafia. Trivia Mafia. That's they right. are my mafia employers. I mean, my trivia employers. Well, you yes, that's Steve's brother's uh, Sean. Sean, his uh, his business right there. But that didn't influence us in nah. interview Steve. Nah. In fact, I'm pretty sure once again the Venn diagram of our Twitter followers and people who follow Steve is probably very high. Yes. if you're very following tight. us, you should really be following Steve. Come on. All right, mailbag time. We got a bunch of questions. Thank you, everybody who sent in questions, whether they make the show or not. We really appreciate yeah. that. Follow us at Wolvescast on Twitter, and you can find out uh, when we're doing mailbag next. You can get your question on the show, everybody. First question comes to us from Paul. We play basketball together sometimes. Uh, Paul Winkles. He's yes, so tough to defend. He's the guy. Uh, he writes in um, and asks, is Ricky's lack of future with the Wolves just a national media creation? It's hard to watch him the last 20 games and not include him in the quote-unquote core. So, yeah, Ricky's been playing really well lately. Yes. And coming off of all these rumors of him being moved and how Thibodeau doesn't like him. It's also the topic of Britt Robeson's wonderful mid-post piece this week about the future of the point guard position for the Wolves. Um, yeah, Ricky, been playing great. I think he's. I think he fits the team very well going forward, especially if you think of him as the, uh, what is it, the gap point guard, what do they call him? The bridge guard. The bridge guard. It makes uh, him sound like somebody who stands next to like the Golden State Bridge and makes sure troll. people don't jump off or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's even better. He's a like troll. got to pay the troll toll. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, Scott, what do you think about uh, what do you think about Ricky being potentially, maybe he's moving into the core of this team. Could it be? Well, I think that here's something we all have to come to terms with. Sooner or later, yeah. we're all going to die. Ah, and okay. In uh-huh. that sense, sooner or later, Ricky will not be a Timberwolf. Okay. I don't think he's going to spend his whole career here when Towns and Wiggins are at their peak, you know, maybe in their 27, 28 seasons. Ricky will be, you know, 
hopefully still in the league. He'll be like 35 and probably a veteran who's playing, you know, maybe like a Jose Calderon kind of thing, hopefully a little yeah, bit better. But a guy yeah, who's yeah. like playing for a key role player on some still championship valuable. runs and stuff. We'll see him in the playoffs. But like, I just can't see a scenario where once his deal ends, unless he's willing to take like a team-friendly deal to stay here, which I don't think you do at that age. At that age, you want to maximize your final, your, you know, you're only going to get so many more big contracts yeah. at that age. So you want to maximize your profit. And so like, um, I think sooner or later, or at the very least, we have to realize that at this team with the new core, Towns, Wiggins, perhaps Levine, that core will not be at their peak when Ricky's still at this on this team. Yeah, so I think the core idea maybe is a little off here, but I think it is true that Ricky might have played himself into another season with the Wolves. I right, think it was at sort the very of, least, sort run of seen this contract a, out. Yeah, a foregone conclusion that Ricky would, would, would be leaving, whether it be at this trade deadline or this upcoming offseason, but maybe he's played well enough and gelled with Thibodeau to the point that he'll be around. I personally, I would love to see Ricky stay with the team and then transition into a backup role. Now, I don't know if Dunn is the guy that's going to supplant him there, right. but I would love to see Ricky later in his in his career staying with the Wolves and being a backup. But um, you know, he's been playing great. It's not like he has an albatross contract that they have to get rid of. Right. He's got a great deal. I think it will age gracefully in the, in this team. So I think he can stick around possibly. It used to be though, like in the Kevin Love days, it was like Love and Ricky were building the team around these two yeah. going forward and now at this point we know we're building the team around the younger guys and so if he sticks or goes like i just think fans need to be prepared for it to eventually happen because you know he's not he's now not the guy being built around in minnesota as much as i love ricky and i want him to stay here the thing the thought of watching tim rolls games and not having ricky playing is just depressing to me because yeah. he makes every game competitive and fun to watch that's right and the thought of just like watching like a 20 game stretch without him is just bums me out but a lot of that uh well We'll talk about the point guard market and right. what that could be in the offseason when we get close to the offseason. Yeah, yeah. All right, next question. Uh, we've got two more questions here. This one comes to us um, from Lil Uzi Ferks on Twitter. He is at Snowflake Drizzy. Thanks for your question, Drizzy. Uh, he writes, uh, with another offseason of practice, do you think Bielitsa will be an efficient role player for us next season? Uh, all right. Yes, Bielitsa, as we mentioned, playing great. Yep. Back-to-back double-doubles right now. Playing really well off the bench for the Wolves. Um, I think if anything, I mean, next year's his contract year, so mm. if anything's going to motivate him, it's going to be trying to get another NBA Valibils. contract. Assuming he wants to stay in the NBA, you sure. know, for, it's one of those Shred's things. wanting to go back, right? That's what I'm saying. So uh, it'll depend on. I don't, you know, I don't know enough about Belly to read his personality about whether he's enjoying his time in the United States uh, or not, and like, so it's hard to know uh, yeah. how that stuff is. But he he's going to be a free agent after next season. So at the very least, I'm expecting him to come in camp ready to play and in shape and with. You you know, the mindset of I got to get another contract. Yeah, I don't think it's about off-season practice. Uh, going back to the question, I think it's more just about NBA experience and getting better at the NBA. And he's not traveling as much, catching the ball at the three-point line. He's not committing as many fouls. It's just a matter of acclimating to the NBA. And I think when he gets another, it's more about getting another year under Tom Thibodeau and what his system provides. So I He think, can be in better shape, too. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. can be in better shape. Yeah, so I think the future's bright for Belly. By the way. This is coming from me, all right, you guys? Yeah, I'm the guy yeah, who yeah. <laughs> wants to guard the slowest person at pickup so that sometimes I can walk up the court. Yeah. So, like, I'm in no place to say he's not in shape, but you, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, final question comes to us from Zach. He is at Zach Binks on Twitter. Um, he writes, does this recent tear, tear of games open up the possibility that Levine could help the team more by being a six-man? Good, good question, Zach. Yes, indeed, that is something that is interesting. That's something that I think Wolves fans have thought about all season with the uh, redundancy maybe of Wiggins and Zach in some situations. Maybe Zach's a better six-man. A lot of people compare him to Jamal Crawford, one six-man of the year a whole bunch of times. You know, that kind of player, instant offense off the bench. And with the team still winning as he, as Zach is obviously injured with the ACL, it sort of makes you wonder, like, hey, would Zach be better off the bench? I think that's something that they should try. I think it's likely that they'll try that after his injury. After they likely, get likely that he comes off the bench to start the season next year as he gets back from his injury. I mean, maybe it won't be strategic. It'll just be more about his injury. But we'll get to look, have a look at, about, at that maybe. So I think it's interesting because, yeah, they, they're going to have a decision to make with his contract. They're yeah. going to have to probably offer him a max deal going into next season as far as an extension goes. So with yep. that, 
feels like it comes starters minutes. Yeah, but I think no, I think team wise, it might be better for him to come off the bench. I think that there's not there's not a lot of people who are making the third most money on their team and coming yeah, off the bench. Yeah, that's so you know? that's the hard part. Like it was the a big money, deal when Iguodala would go on the bench like last season. Yeah. He was like already the vet who's not like one of the top four best players on his team when he decided to do that. So like, you don't see these six men being like young dudes. They're usually like they're on their second contract. They're like older in the league, and then you come off the bench as this kind of player. It's hard to see them as like a twenty three year old coming. <laughs> Right. To do this. And also, it's like what we always say. What what do we always say, Neil? What do we always say? It doesn't matter who starts the game. It matters who, who finishes, finishes it. it. And so he's going to be on the end of the – he's going to be on the court. He's going to want to be out there at the end of the fourth anyways. I think he And that's be. when games are decided. Yeah. And so, like, it, the idea of whether he starts or doesn't start, it's still going to – like, the same issues he has as a player will still be affecting us at, at mm. the most crucial parts of games. So yeah. it, it, it's maybe not even germane either way. But um, I, one thing I think that we've seen more of is Tibbs being willing to mix the rotations up and stuff yeah. so at the very least i would expect if he's still the starter at least getting more burn with totally you know some of the bench guys all right wonderful thank you for sending us in your questions that's all we have for mailbag for you this week uh you can follow us on twitter at wolvescast or go to our website wolvescast.com and there is a uh page for contacting us send us your questions there uh, uh moving on into the show we have weekly wolfies Presenting your weekly wolfies. That's right, everybody. It's time for our weekly wolfies. It's a weekly award that we give for demerits or uh, the opposite of demerits. You know, <laughs> there's a word for it too. So, yes, ac- ac- accolades. And so we're going to point out a few things this week, as always, and we will mail them the award. It's you get it in the mail. That's actually it's a can, heavy. But it's heavy. You want a can? Or that's, something. that's that's a can slash award right there. Uh, my weekly wolfie. Uh, goes to uh, the undefeated. It is a website. I believe it's an ESPN website. I've never actually been to this website before uh, until now. It's called theundefeated.com. And uh, this week they had a video feature and there's also a write up on this. You haven't been to the undefeated? What is the undefeated? I mean, that's like originally it was had the nickname ESPN Black Property. Grantland back in the day. Uh, and then they got rid of Jason Whitlock, so it actually became something cool. Uh, and uh, didn't they do the story about Jimmy Jam talking about Kevin Garnett's uh, career yeah, after? Yeah, like, yeah, you had yeah. to have read that story. Okay. That, was, that was a crucial story. Anyway, Undefeated this week had um, a feature on Simone Augustus and WNBA players playing overseas. A great video. It's about 19 minutes long. Just a great little watch of their life abroad. She actually rooms uh, with Neka Gumake uh, from the Los Angeles Sparks, the world champion Los Angeles Sparks, Ooh. the MVP, the reigning, the reigning MVP of the WNBA, Neka Gumake. You know I get uh, salty when I see KG <laughs> hanging out with Candace. It's not his fault. She's a great player, but I get salty about it. That's right, but it's just a wonderful piece um, on what life abroad is like for the WNBA players players and why they have to do this they make three times as much money overseas um playing uh in the winters and stuff uh, they could they, always make more money overseas yeah. you saw diana tarasi do yeah. that and maya's written on uh not the undefeated but on player's Player tribune. tribune yeah about how she feels like it's her responsibility to pay it forward to the yeah. future kids to yep. make less money and be in a more and make the WNBA more visible as a result so if you'd like to understand that a little bit better definitely go watch this video read the piece over at undefeated go check it out scott who gets your weekly wolfie Neil, let me tell you, being oh. a fan of Northwestern sports in general, but especially basketball. Go Cats, go. It's made me feel like this. Go! <laughs> and other people my whole life have been like this. <laughs> yeah, they're like, where are you in the tournament? But Neil? Alexi, change change his face. Be happy. Enjoy it. Because. Scott, what are you talking about? The Northwestern Wildcats had a crazy game winner over Michigan at home. If you're watching the Utah Jazz game, you might have uh, heard about this a little bit. Yeah, and it was Wednesday night right before the Jazz game started. Literally, like, right before the game started. And uh, it was just a crazy full-court pass, one and a half seconds left. Northwestern player catches it, puts it in, and they win, get the record 21st win, first time ever in the program's history. And this program's been around since the 30s, and so that's a long history. And uh, we've always been pathetic. And so that's a big thing for Northwestern Hoops fans. And uh, it means we're probably going to the dance, barring any kind of like giant, any like unforeseen like snubbing. slip ups and yeah. snubbing. Snubbing. Like, we're coming. We're coming. 
Yeah, so Northwestern basketball, Big Ten tournament starting soon. We'll see how they do, but they they should be into the big dance for the first time in the program's history. That's really cool. So my Uh, weekly Wolfie actually goes to Jim Pete. Jim Pete. Who uh, is, his son is a key member of this Wildcat team. Fifth-year senior, Sanjay Lupkin. And uh, he's he's killer. He look, he kind of does his hairstyle like Cat. I could totally tell he's modeling his look after Cat's a good look. Yeah. It really fits him. Um, anyway, so Jim Pete, right before the opener of the pregame show, saw it uh the ending of the game, and he was so <laughs> amped. And then so the pregame show starts, top of the broadcast, you know, he's giving a shout-out to the Wildcats and stuff. And Jazz Bear, just the bear. mascot, just bear, bear. bear. S- sneaks up behind Jim Pete to like, you know, kind of <laughs> rub like his head, do the typical playing your joke stuff. But Jim Pete's still so amped from that Northwestern win that he elbows the bear much harder than I think he intended to. Yeah, and knocks the air out of him. It was a, it was a really funny <laughs> bit. They showed you probably, if you watch the game, they showed it several times. If not, internet, check it out. It's it's pretty funny. Um, one of my favorite quotes that came out of that though was in the first quarter. He goes, "I'm close to the bear." <laughs> what he was explaining like he, I know the bear so but this is his favorite the quote mascot. was I'm close to the bear so this is his favorite mascot right there well uh, you have to after you elbow him of course crunches his yeah, favorite after mascot you, after you, you clock know. him like that you gotta do it so uh, shout out to Jim Pete who gave us a shout out on Twitter uh, thanks for listening we thanks, appreciate Jim. that thanks for the amazing work you do with us don't leave us ever stop <laughs> don't okay um, so yeah that's Wolfies alright time to wrap up this show and play game all right, everybody, we're going to do a game. We're going to keep it rolling because we are pushing the time limit. Yeah. And Neil the, is an antsy boy. Scott, All right. what's the game this week? The game this week, Neil, I saw uh, McLemore, Ben McLemore. Oh. Uh, he's the third? I didn't know that. McLemore the third is what his jersey oh. said this week. I was like, yeah, that's like Frank Kaminsky the third. And I was like, <laughs> there seems to be a lot of players with third. So that's the question this week. I'm going to ask you about uh, players who are the third. Shoot. Question one, y'all. Despite officially being assassinated by LeBron James in 2012, this guard somehow appeared in five games for the Wolves this season. Uh, John Lucas the third? That's correct. Hit that. Thank you. Next up, Neil. This 2014 second-round draft pick only played 25 games with the Wolves before being waived at the end of his rookie year. Read it again. This 2014 second-round draft pick only played 25 games with the Wolves before being waived at the end of his rookie year. Glenn Robinson the third. Slam dunk okay, champion this right, year. All right. all right, it's getting a little bit tougher, Neil. This Baylor guard was selected 28th by Oklahoma City in the 2012 draft and is currently playing for the Iowa Energy. Talking about Perry Jones. The third. PJ3. <laughs> all right, Neil. This Marquette alum is poised to make his first all-NBA team this season. Jimmy Butler? The third. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that either until I started researching. Final one, best one. The, this clown prince of the NBA was crowned an NBA champion last season. <laughs> clown prince of the NBA was crowned a champion. Uh, Cavaliers. That's right. Obviously. Uh, who makes jokes on the Cavs? Uh, JR. That's right. <laughs> Earl J.R. Smith III. So, yeah, a little wow. wacky, little wacky game there Some for third. you. But, they're all uh, the third? They're all the third. Wow. Jimmy Butler was a real one. I was like, whoa, Jimmy Butler. You don't see that. He should wear Butler 3 on his back. John Lucas is very clear about it. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's like the third, like for sure. Maybe it's because his dad was in the NBA, but. Yeah, that is, I think that does, because same with Glenn Robinson. You know, a lot of yeah. these guys, like their dads were in the but NBA. You've never so heard J.R. Smith or like yeah. all those other I guys. I mean, he doesn't even go by, you know, Earl. So, yeah. I mean, that's why he doesn't have the three on the back. Like Smith 3, you know, on the yeah. back. But. All right. Wonderful. Um, Thanks for the quick game. Thanks for listening to us, everybody. We know we had a great week with you, and it was a three for four week. I'm so excited to watch Timberwolves games right now. It's crazy. Every night, I'm so excited to watch games. It's so much fun, even without Levine. It feels like last season after the All Star break when we went on that great run. Somehow, here we are in March, and the playoff hunt is on. I'm like circling the dates when the next games are. I'm like, man, there's not one on tonight. Dang. As far fetched as the playoffs are. It's still closer than they've been in years, so I'll take it. I don't care how how three games out they are at this point. It's all good. I love it. We're coming. We're coming. Thank you for listening, everybody. Review us on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Follow us at WolvesCast. Be a good person to the next person you see, and then every person after that. Neil, close out the show. Yes, tonight we're going out, uh, not on a quote, but on a song. It is a song by Steve McPherson's band, Catfish Blue. This song is called Maggie Cassidy. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time on Wolf's Cast. <laughs>